episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dolan, we have merchandise. Yes, we do. How do people find our merchandise? They need to go onto our website at fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. So go to fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. And what will they find? They will find our Fermented Adventure, the podcast shirt, may contain alcohol, and we have a couple specials that we just did. Uh, Cerveza made me do it, and tequila made me do it. Now, this is perfect for spring break, Cinco de Mayo, or even the summer, and you'll look really cool, and you'll be able to say, hey, it wasn't me, it was tequila or cerveza that made me do it. Yes, that's true. We have different things. We have shirts, we have glasses. What are some of the other things we have in there? Women's stuff, men's stuff, tank tops. Tanks, tees, sweatshirts, pullover hoodies, you name it. You name it, we have it, and more to come, right? More to come. FermentedAdventure.com. Click on the apparel tab. Buy the merchandise. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at Manoff Market Cidery. She's Amy Manoff. She's Ellie Bream. I'm Rich Shane. Dawn Ranieri's here. And this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Yoo-hoo! So, Amy, you're the first yoo-hoo we've ever had on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> you gave us a great tour. We got to see the orchard. I can't wait to show people pictures on the website when we post the podcast. This is a beautiful... This is in New Hope, Pennsylvania. This is such a beautiful place. How did all this get started? Well, it's an interesting story. Um, we graduated from college. Gary De- was at Del Valle University studying horticulture, and I was at Penn State, uh, main campus, studying marketing. And uh, we were looking for a place to get started uh, with a winery. Actually, we wanted to do wine. And uh, and this is you said 1984, right? 1984. Okay. Yeah, that's when we actually started. So, well, we graduated in '83, started in '84. And uh, we were shown this property, which had been let go for about 15 years, but it was in an amazing area. And we looked at the soil maps and Lansdale loam, location close to the Delaware, south southern facing, I mean, just all the right stuff for fruit. Um, so we decided to, to go for it and we started farming. Um, Gary and I wrote up a business plan and formed a limited partnership and all our family invested. <laughs> and for the next 10 years, they had lots of write-offs because we didn't make any money. <laughs> but uh, You're really, I mean, I would say you're on the forefront of cider and cider apples and orchards. You had set your sale. You said you wanted to be 
a winery, you wanted to create a vineyard. Yeah. Where did the apples kind of work their way in? Well, we found that this wasn't a really good area for growing grapes. Um, people do grow grapes, but it's not necessarily the kind of wine that I want to be drinking. I worked at a local winery. Um, I didn't really enjoy their wines. Um, and I think it has to do with the grapes. So what else grows in this area? We started uh, growing fruit. We grew peaches and strawberries were our first fruit crops. And uh, we didn't get into apples for another seven or eight years. We, we started with the peaches and the strawberries. And in between, we grew a lot of vegetables and went to local farmer's market to sell. Um, meanwhile, we were, every time some hot sun of Saturday, we'd come back from farmer's market, people would be waiting here to see what we had. It seemed silly to be leaving and going to farmer's market when people were willing to come here and see what we had. And that's where the market comes in. Mm -hmm. You were always man off market to begin with. And then the cidery came next. Exactly. So the cidery uh, was a vision. Gary experimented for quite a while. We had a lot of carboys around the house. Um, When we made something we really liked and we duplicated it, we knew it was time. So we applied for a license and got it in 2018. So the cidery is still a new baby brand new baby as far as fruit growing and, and businesses. This is this is young and uh, it's still got a lot of room to grow because we've been planting trees specifically for hard cider even though the first three, four years we've only used what we already were growing for the market. Yeah, you you took us through the orchard. You have some beautiful or you have some beautiful apple trees. You showed us how you how you graft them and train them, and now you used a term I don't remember what that term was about making limbs limb spreader. That's what it was a limb spreader. Um, but what's your mindset for you and Gary? I mean, what's your mindset that you really want to grow some different varietals? You talked about bringing um, some other grafting and some um, apples that you're growing for you, trying to be on the cusp, right? Correct. That's really where you are. Correct. There's a lot of advantages to cider-specific apples. They're high in tannins. They have a lot of acidity. When you ferment them, there's a lot more that you finish with that is uh, a bit different from a dessert apple. I mean, at CiderCon, they talked about that in some of the classes. So um, we knew that and uh, have always tried to come up with uh, budwood to either do our own grafting or order trees, but everybody's ordering trees, so they're not all available right now. So we've had to really get on the ground and, and do it ourselves. So we have we have a couple thousand trees planted now that are cider specific. Some of them will cross over, but most of them are going to add a whole new dimension to the ciders that we're producing. Uh, Gary's done two now uh, that are cider-specific apples from that orchard. The first one is our 2019 vintage, unofficially called vintage, because uh, you're not allowed to do that. But um, that's the first harvest, which was two apples off every single tree. And we put them all together and we made a, a non-carbonated cider. That would be a still cider. It's a still cider. Right, okay. Yeah. And uh, then the next year in 2020, we had a little bit better harvest and we were able to pick five varieties that we really wanted to combine. And that's our 2020 vintage. There is so much going on here. Oh my God. Like, I'm just trying to keep track of everything that's happening. As you mentioned, we met at CiderCon. Yeah. And we got that little bit of time together at the bottle share. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the end of the night that we met you and Gary and they're they're turning the lights on and off. (laughs) We were only there for what, 45 minutes? It seemed like we just got there. What was your experience like at CiderCon? And you know, what did that mean for you guys? 
Well, Ellie, this was her first year cider. Yeah, I mean, you got a whole spent, different perspective. She spent, spent a, it was great. She did most of the cider share. The rest of us were just chatting. She was pouring and dealing with everybody. So <laughs> I think you had a, an interesting an interesting time. Yeah, I mean, I started working here in May, um, and uh, I had never really been exposed to hard cider in this format before. All the hard cider that I had 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 been angry orchard you know like magners um and then i come and work here and it's a whole new world and then i go to CiderCon, and it's even a bigger whole new world and you don't realize how many people are actually doing the same thing like doing cider in the more traditional form and like really specializing in different ways and it's just amazing that you know that it's growing the way that it is um because i guess my equivalent experience would be I got really into craft beer and then, you know, this seems to be a similar sort of movement where it's the craft cider. Um, and it's just so interesting to taste different ciders and learn what different people are doing, like wild ferment versus, you know, pitching the yeast and, um, just everything. So cider, yeah, cider con was quite an experience. And I, I definitely loved trading cider. That was my favorite part of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one already. <laughs> Chicago. We're still drinking yeah. the trading ciders. Yeah. We try to do a tasting. This yeah. orchard and, or I'm sorry, the, the farm itself is 37 years old. As you said, the orchard is very young. You're coming into an established family business. What is that like for you to see? I mean, this is exciting and overwhelming. I, I, I feel like a kid in an apple orchard. Just, you know, you're open, you're, you're cutting the slices of apples and we get to taste. But what's that perspective or what's that experience like for you? And you said, all right, I started from a craft beer scene, but now this seems like you've really embraced this. What's, you know, you being new to this, what's that like for you to get up every day and, and, and share this experience? It's great. It's a great feeling it, every day. Yeah, yeah. My background was actually in education. I had been like a tutor and I had trained as a teacher, but um, something about working on farms always spoke to me. And I did that uh, periodically on different vegetable farms throughout my 20s. And uh, so this was a new um, type of that, you know, that kind of job. Um, but the first day that like I came for the interview, it's just you get a feeling walking onto the farm that's unlike... Um, most other places it's beautiful property and just like the amount of things that Amy Gary and Chelsea are doing within this 35 acres is is pretty amazing um, and there's a lot to learn like every day is a, is a diverse day of things to do and things to keep track of and like looking forward you know projects to to work on for the future, but um, it's it's a great feeling coming to work every day. There's a, I she's mean, bringing a lot of life to the business. I she's can got imagine ideas, cocktails, cider cocktails. She's doing some events. Mother, we had cheese plates for Mother's Day. She's she's bringing like some energy and excitement and new ideas, and we're really enjoying it. It's an easy place to like feel the inspiration to get those ideas, though, because you're given a lot of freedom just as a new staff member to think of new creative things to do. Um, and yeah, that's a flexibility that you don't find in a lot of other workplaces. Is that a focus for where you are with, because this is still a business, you, you know, you enjoy the being one with nature and growing and producing, but you've got to sell it. Is that part of the next level of growth of where Manoff market is to start bringing the consumer in 
you're, you're laying down a lot of apples, which means you're going to be bottling a lot of juice and, and making a lot of cider. Is, is there a vision for that? Is that where you kind of fit in, Ellie? Or is this kind of the grand plan that you and Gary have? And, and you mentioned Chelsea, too. Well, we're really hoping that this is the kind of business, the cidery in particular, that will continue to grow. We have a nice place for people to come. We hope there's things that they want to drink. And we can ship now using uh, Vino shippers. We can ship to, to most of the country. So even people sending gifts to family or shipping things to uh, uh, you know other places when they move. That's I mean, I, I see growth. I definitely see growth. And we would love it to be a part of the business that allows my children to be involved, other people who have the inspiration to be involved. You know, you can't stay stagnant. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're not going to make We have always re-assessed uh, every year and done something experimental and held on to a few things, but we're always experimenting. And I, and I really feel oh, that's Gary's vision. He, he has ideas, you know, that I haven't even heard yet. <laughs> While he's out on the tractor working a project, yes. that's what happens. I get on my bike, and all of a sudden I come in like, oh God, I come up with ideas. all these ideas, yes, right? Exactly. Was the intention in the beginning, because this really sounds like a community and family legacy brand, was that a, was that a vision in the beginning? Uh, I'm going to say I think it was for Gary. I don't know that I saw it that way. For me, it was just not a desk job. Um, I, I can't do the desk job. And with my degree, that's where the interviews were going. And I, I just, it wasn't working for me. So I didn't know I wanted to be a farmer, but it's actually the perfect job because you get to do it all. I mean, we, we design our own brochures and business cards. We make our own signs. We figure out parking. We come up with ideas of what might be interesting. We put a cornhole game out back, you know, like giant Jenga. Who knew this would be a <laughs> right. part of what we're doing, but it's a, it's a puzzle and you just keep putting the pieces together. And the hope is that it will really be a lovely place for people to come. I'm not, I'm not set up for the hordes and the masses and the buses, but it's okay. I don't necessarily need the hordes, the masses and the buses. I just need people who really enjoy cider and being outside We've had a lot of conversations with people like, oh, do you do events? Do you do bands? No, it's about the cider. And you can sit out there in the orchard and drink cider, and then you can go pick some flowers, and it's a quiet day on the farm. This is what we do at the end of the day. We sit in the orchard and drink cider. And I just am offering that up as an opportunity of a way to bring people in and get them to have a chance to experience that too. Wow. I, I think in your vision and some of what you express – with the single varietals, the additional apples that you're producing, that this really becomes, I picture this as, as more that, like you said, we're not going to order, we're not going to have bands. We're, we're not going to have big events. But if you want to come out and just live on that orchard for a few hours and just experience the joy and the life that you have, like you said, you're you got strawberries out there. You've got peaches. You're picking your own flowers. You've got a bumper crop of blueberries coming soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is – you pull in and you've got all these jams and jellies that you're making. And, Ellie, you said – I mean, you touched on this, Amy, that you're making – you're doing some special events, but they're smaller, right? Yeah, they fit into the structure of, uh, like, the nights that we already have set up. So, for example, the first and third Thursdays of every month are locals' night at the cidery. 
Um, so what we I've been doing recently is thinking, okay, within that same locals night, can we maybe put like a little theme into it or something that low key would, um, be a little different than all the other Thursdays, but it's not like we're hiring big outside entertainment or food trucks even, or anything. It's, it really is like Amy said about come to the orchard, enjoy the cider, enjoy the people that also come out. Like you'll see groups of people that come, they don't know each other at the beginning of the night, but by eight 30, they're like the best friends they've ever had. Um, which is really cool to see. So, um, that, that I think is more of the focus. It's like finding the people that are going to appreciate the cider, appreciate the orchard, and also then think to come back. Like we're not aiming for just one-time customers. We really are aiming for, um, come to the cidery, come to the cidery again, tell your friends about the cidery and like, you know, then we'll get to know you and we'll remember you the next time you come in. What's really neat and what you express is I'm almost picturing like this, it's almost like this mindset, meditation, energy. There's a lot of that, right, Dawn? Do you feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the way you try to create that experience and what you do and the vehicle to help do that is that cider. And when people see, oh, like you said, there were brands that you tried in the beginning, in the infancy, as you're getting to know cider. And then you see this, it brings that whole next level of appreciation of what cider is and where the cider industry is going. And you're on the forefront of that. And I have to be honest, and I feel we've been coming to New Hope for years and years. And and I'm like, this is New Hope. This is like this other side of New Hope, yeah. right? We're the, we're the secret. There, you are the secret. <laughs> you are the secret of Not New for Hope. Long. <laughs> But even even the lineup and, and the expressions of cider you're making, it's not like you have two or three ciders and you're just happy to be here. You've got, what, 75 different bottles over there and you got hundreds of barrels laid down and those big vessels. What are those things? Those are fooders. Fooders. Yeah. I, I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to mess that up. Yeah, I think in French it's foudre. Foudre. And you've got one that's chestnut. And one that is... Acacia. Acacia. And oak. And oak. You're experimenting with so many different things. There's a dad's hat barrel, so you've got ex-rye whiskey barrels. What are some of the other creative barrels that Gary... You mentioned the barrel of monkeys over yeah, there. And they're so not that, real monkeys, by the way. Don't. <laughs> we're not getting involved with PETA or anything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that one was a fun one. Uh, that's a Portuguese puncheon. That's the size of the barrel is a puncheon. And it's a muscatel barrel. So... Uh, that's like a sherry. It has a very different flavor profile than any of the other barrels that we had tried. And we wanted to do something special in that. So we put our um, uh, comfort in there, which is a blend of two apples, Gold Russian Enterprise. We put that in there and then we cooked cider syrup down and uh, we 14 gallons to two and used that as well to really enhance the appleiness. Yeah, you talked about the, the cider apple. syrup. I had never heard of that. And for people that have not heard of that, yeah. you mentioned it's just before that becomes apple butter that you don't <laughs> want it to get that far. Right. But cider syrup, I'm picturing I can make cocktails out of this. Mm. Is that what you're doing with that, Ellie? Oh, you can make cocktails out of okay. it. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, on, on pancakes, mm-hmm. um, over ice cream. What else do you it's, do with this syrup? It's savory as well. Okay. Once you have it on in the kitchen next to the stove, you'll put it on everything. I'm thinking no salad one, dressing. You can see oatmeal. Well, so, so like... Uh, uh, one of my favorites is, is a sauce for scallops. So you cook your scallops, 
in the pan that's now empty, you put a little bit of your um, butter, your olive oil, whatever you're using, some of your herbs and spices, you put that cider syrup in there, you finish with a little hard cider, you have an amazing sauce for your scallops. It's just, it's that thing that nobody knows what it is, but it makes the difference in the texture and the flavor. It's a secret ingredient. So you're putting that in the barrel and right. all this is kind of coming together. How long will that sit in the barrel for? A year. A year. Yeah. You said every barrel, everything sits for a year. Pretty much. Uh, a lot of that is uh, we are farming, so we don't have time in the summer. <laughs> oh, we'll so. help. If you need help, you have our number now. We'll help. If you need taking stuff out of barrels, we'll there help. You if go. you want to go early. There yeah. Go. Yeah. Yep. A lot of it really has been the convenience. Uh, it's not going to hurt it to sit, and it allows us to not have to filter it. It will naturally settle, and we end up with a really nice uh, product at the end that um, when we do bottle it, it's nice and clear. So it's a, it's a couple reasons. It, it enhances that cider to sit that long, and it also settles it and clears it and makes it delicious. So it's worked out for us. By the time we're ready to fill those barrels again, we're trying to get the bottling done. Okay. So the end of beginning of September, we're trying to empty everything. Well, I think that's a perfect segue yeah. to try some of what's in your bottles right now. There we go. Let's do it. Brewskits, beer, grain, dog bones, brewskits. Your dog will go wild. Brewskits, beer, grain, dog bones, a healthy alternative for your pup. Brewskits are all natural and made in the USA. Visit brewskit.com. That's B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-T.com. We're back. Now, we have this beautiful... I, I, this is like a straw... It's, it's this beautiful color of cider in here, right? I, how would you characterize this as far as what you see? For me, this is a, a really simple, pure cider. It's, uh, it's aged in an oak barrel, so you are going to get some oak on the finish, but the actual juice itself is the Gold Rush. It's only Gold Rush apples, um, which we also sliced up for you. Now, we talked about this because Gold Rush, it seems, and when you were meeting with other cideries at CiderCon, Gold Rush is a new apple, mm -hmm. right? It's yes. not this heirloom apple. Correct. It's a new apple that everybody is taking on and giving their own personality to when they're making cider out of it. Yeah. What I, When you're talking about that, Amy, and what I kind of liken this to is this is the Chardonnay grape of when the Napa Valley became that next level, right? If you take this Gold Rush apple, now you have everybody playing with this apple, putting a different spin on it. Yeah. And you can taste six different Gold Rush apples. Plowman has one, as you talked about. Yeah. You guys have one. Now this seems to be like, all right, if I go to a cidery, I'm not just going to ask for cider. I'm going to say I'll have a Gold Rush. There you go. Right? Because this becomes that varietal, that single varietal that people come accustomed to like they would normally a Riesling or a Merlot. This is, I think, very interesting. Do you have that take on that? Do you have that perspective? I think that's a very good way to describe it. I think that's where we're headed. There's, It's a nice apple. We're all growing it to sell in our markets. It's a, it's a late apple. So if your market closes in November, you're not going to be selling it. But we're open all winter. So we harvest that the first, second week of November, and we have it all winter. And it really is delightful. We've taken it a couple of different – we've hopped it. Uh, so our hopped cider is the Gold Rush base. Uh, we've put it in a French Calvados barrel, made it into French Kiss. Uh, so we've taken that base and really – 
gone a couple different directions. That becomes even more exciting because now you have that base, as you said, and you can create so many. And it sounds like this apple is very welcoming to accept hops, accept a barrel, where there may be other apple varietals where you might not say that that's a direction you want to go with. Uh, at least with listening to Gary talk about uh, his heirloom, you know, the French varieties, he doesn't want those in wood necessarily because they also have an awful lot going on that doesn't necessarily need to be enhanced with wood. It, there's just enough that he doesn't want to do that. So there probably will be some further along that we're not going to put in barrels. Hopefully we can afford a stainless steel tank at some point. We're so. going to help with that. We're, we're, we're starting a fermented adventure GoFundMe page for like stainless it. steel barrels. Yeah. Another woohoo. We got a yeehaw and a woohoo. Now, when you and Gary and what your vision, when you think about what you want this to the character, what were you looking for to pull out of this? Or do you just let the apples tell you what they want? Yeah, we are less trying to determine it than seeing what happens. And that's happened a couple times. We have Pink Lady, single varietal that we've made. And at first we were uh, pitching our own yeast, you know, not our own yeast, but pitching standard yeast. We tend towards the cider yeast, uh, even though they're a little more expensive because they bring a little bit more esters and fruitiness to the finish of the cider as opposed to a white wine or a champagne yeast. But even so, um, we experimented with Pink Lady, and the first year we tried a natural ferment. And three of the barrels that we tried, two of them were amazing, and one not so much. So now, what we this past year, we brought our Pink Lady apples into the cidery, let them sit in here for two weeks. So you get the yeast had, on the skin. We, it's all in there. And, right. And when we pressed, it was ready. And... That is the most delicious cider. It's a very tangy, and uh, I think it tastes a little bit like the orchard. So On the nose, and this seems to change quite... Uh, there's so up. much to do with this. And initially, I, I got this such this juicy apple, almost saucy-like, mm -hmm. and then now it starts to bring out some floral notes. I got strawberry and... You know, just, just this apple it's blossom nose, like almost like a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> I mean, it's, but it goes so many places and I haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> There's such a romance to to the way that you're really describing even how you're creating different flavors and yeast and taking the wild ferment and doing that. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. Thank you. I'm glad you think so. Yeah. It's exciting. Now with the nose, which is fun with that. I was expecting at first this to be sweeter. It's dry. It's got some spiciness to it. Almost there's a little bit of um, a leather note to it. Is a dryness from the wood. Okay, but you don't get a lot. It's 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 Asian wood. As you talked to us before, you could be using a barrel that might have been reused a number of times that you're not going to get this huge oak bomb. Correct. And it might just be this subtleness to it, right? That's the goal. And that's really what's coming out of this. Nice. Yeah. It, it, it's, again, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that whole, I want to take my, my glass now and <laughs> I, I want to just go on a little meditation walk in the orchard and watch, what's your granddaughter's name? Rooming. Rooming. Watch her bounce around on that thing that you have out there. Yeah. Well, the orchard's blooming right now. It's a good time to walk out there. It's very but this is delightful just sitting out. And just, again, this is, 
the next level. This is what excites me about cider, that this is next level thinking. I mean, I know we're going to go back to this, Ellie. You talked about, hey, this was my experience in the beginning. Look at all the, that change in dynamic of what you learn and what you now get to experience. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I, so you can get so much information just by talking to people that are in this community um, or just by being on the orchard in the cidery. It's, it's amazing. And there's so much to learn. And Gary is like, he... <laughs> I don't even know how he stores all the information that he has. <laughs> he does like to share it. Yeah. He, he's happy to share. And whenever he gets somebody, he's interested. Mm-hmm. So Ellie's kind of been helping in the back room and she gets to hear his comments and his understanding of things. So that's been really nice. Now you cut us. So we still have these. And this is the first time we'll ever try cider with yeah. the same apple varietal. So I'm curious about that. That's a good idea. There you go. See again this site, this apple. It's crunchy. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. It's got some some sourness to it. And this is this was you picked this in November. Yeah, yeah. this is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, can still get good apples. Mm. We never think this is from November. <laughs> All right, now try that because what that does is you get more of the sweet, yeah. um, the 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 sweet um, sugars, the sucrose. It makes it a little more dry on yes, the mouth. It does. Right? Yeah. But it's still... Yeah. So this is like, all right, how do I bring out some different flavors? I'm doing cheese pairings. I'm doing apple pairings. Now, do you do this on the tour? Do you do this when people come in the area? Do you like cut up a piece of apple and, and try that? Now we do. We, oh, we... Well, now <laughs> we, we do. do now. Yes, of course. That's going to be... Offered with every flight. Um, it's actually not, it's, it's not a bad idea. We do offer apples with, uh, we'll do like a cheese tray and we'll put the apples. Uh, usually we try to put the apple that is with one of the ciders maybe that they're trying, but um, we'll, we'll just cut up apples for people sometimes too, especially if they haven't had the apples. A lot of our customers have already had our apples, um, but actually the idea of cutting up one and putting it on the flight is not... A bad idea at all. I love it. There you See, go. You know, we're gonna take that. And we, run. we might take that and run. We better yeah. go patent that. <laughs> what I really enjoy, and again, I, I talk about this quite often, is that I want a cider. I do to still have apple characteristic, and there's so much of that there. That's delightful. Yeah, thank that you. really is. Yeah, that's the hardest thing is to keep that and, and encourage that to happen and. As we get people drinking these ciders and liking these ciders, we're going to take them on a t- onto the next level in the next couple years and bring them with us to the a whole new style of ciders. Okay, where are you bringing us next? <laughs> well, as we get into those heirloom apples, we have French varieties, we have some English varieties. Um, each of the, as well as the actual heirlooms, you know, from the 16, 1700s that are native to the States, those, those varieties change what you get. And it's, it's very different and not everyone is open to that. If this is their first time having cider, right? they have no reference for it. They haven't grown up with it. They haven't been drinking it. So they, they look at it and they go, yeah, don't like the smell. I'm not sure about the flavor. Uh, I don't know. But if you've been drinking all of our varieties and trying them, you're going to be ready 
when we come out with the other ones because they're going to take they're going to finish they're going to continue your education and your experience they'll just bring more to it so it's going to just continue to be incredibly interesting all right what should we try next I think uh, I think you guys want to try the uh, French Kiss, which is the gold rush in the Calvados barrel. Sounds, sounds good to me. Hold on, we're pouring now. Sorry. He did. Now this is the French Kiss. How did you come up with that name, the French Kiss? Because I know there's always something behind stuff, isn't there, Amy? <laughs> we're starting to get a uh, little uh, better at naming ciders. At first, we just called them by the apple, and. Uh, that's nice for me, but it doesn't really encourage people in the purchase. So the French Kiss is um, from a Calvados barrel, and Calvados is the is a cider brandy, and it has to be aged a certain period of time to be called Calvados. And um, it just seemed to fit, you know, what? It wasn't a strong, it's not a kick. It's just a kiss. It's just a little bit of the, that Calvados that was in the barrel. So that's where it came from. And then my niece, Sydney, is an artist, and she designed the label for us, and she threw in the Chanel houndstooth on the label just to put the whole package together for us. I love it. I love the, 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 that pinkish hue to it. I love it. Now, even on the nose, I get that oakiness, the no- but it's a slight oakiness to it, but just so slight and delightful. Yeah, the barrels are beautiful. Gary says they're sexy. They're just... Uh, so different and uh, we just enjoyed having the barrels we know that it's not a new oak but it's still definitely giving us something we're not getting from some of the others you get that apple there's tartness on this and then it just that oak the Calvados barrel just takes over takes you on the little little ride I even like like I want to just let this linger now on, on the mouth like I don't I want this to stop for a while because there's a lot of tannin in this. There's a lot of dry mouthfeel. I'm getting butterscotch. That's what I get. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like um, that, that butterscotch candy. That, mm-hmm. but that's the Calvados. <laughs> yeah, there's a, that's nice. Yeah. Good job. I don't pick up as much as he usually does. So. <laughs> it's, again, so far, from what we tried at CiderCon to here, they're just wonderful. You can sit down and have dinner with these. You can, on a nice summer, fall, spring day, you can just enjoy and sit out and just, just drink a bottle. Right. I think that people always think of cider. Well, our experience is that October is when people decide to come to the orchard. But right now, and throughout the whole summer, this is what you take to the beach. Mm-hmm. This is what you drink with your summer foods. This is the perfect lunch, brunch, drink. And I just want people to understand that you don't have to wait till October. You know, this is great right now. And it fits what we're doing. Do you see a place for you, Amy, and for Gary and the team here, your family? Do you see a place to help change or promote or expand what cider is do you do you see a a a place there that you're responsible for i I feel very strongly Um, the pennsylvania cider guild is a group of enthusiasts growers makers and they are trying very hard to get the word out to help the industry 
grow and to open people's eyes about cider. And we participate in that and feel it's a really important thing. It's just, it's, it's the next drink. The alcohol levels, you know, are, are less than wine and not everybody's drinking beer and you really need something else. This is the something else. I think this is the future. But as you say, there are hop ciders. So if you're, if you're inclined as a beer drinker, that hop ciders are wonderful. You've got different varietals that you're providing and exposing the public to. What do you see some of the challenges are to where you'd like to see people enjoy cider? What do you still see some of the challenges that, that people that, that you're that you're facing or that you that you see? Exposure is a biggie. Um, I already have customers coming to the market for fruit, and I have to be honest, I underestimated. Uh, how quickly they would decide that maybe they would like to try cider. So the first year, I just walked around with tasting cups, and I didn't care if you drank or not. Everybody had to taste it. <laughs> taste this. What? I just don't care if you like it or not, but just taste it. Because we don't have it in our in our vocabulary. We don't have it in our lifestyle. We didn't grow up with it. We, we don't have a reference for cider. But this is the first right. American beverage that people drank every day, multiple times a day. This was at funerals and weddings and courtroom hearings and at the pub because people didn't drink water. They drank cider. And it, you know, now where do we go from 17, the 16, 1700s to the 20, 2000, the 2000s where this is becoming this, this like you're just discovering cider. Like, we've been drinking this as, you know, people from the United States and, you know, the, the English culture and everybody bringing this over. The rest it's, of the it's, world. It's what's new again. Yeah. The rest of the world is way ahead of us. So the challenge you see is just people wanting to just try it. Is that what you're saying? I just want people to taste it. I want them to make a point of trying it. And I've had people say, well, uh, okay, well, I, I tried it and I don't know if I like it or not. I said, but that's okay. You didn't dislike it. So now try it again. You Now you have a reference. You can try this and you can try three other kinds. And each of them has a little something to offer that might appeal. And it's just such a nice drink. It's something we can include in our lives that we haven't before. It's easy. It's an easy drink. And the people who drink cider are really sweet and wonderful. And we, we just find them the right crowd. So we're hoping that that's what we'll see, more of that. I think it's interesting because you touched on, as we sat down, look, you found this piece of land. The idea was, well, maybe we'll create a vineyard, a winery. I think that in Pennsylvania, it's a better, or I'm going to say in Pennsylvania, it's more ripe for growing apples, certainly than trying to grow grapes. And certain varietals of grapes grow here. But how many different varieties of, varietals of apples are you playing with out there? Let's see. No, there's a whole list. Ellie Ellie made a list here somewhere. <laughs> uh, I think we're up to almost. Ellie, I wish I wish you were a little more organized. It. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you've got different colors and bullet points there. Yeah, this is a PowerPoint presentation. To me, it's just interesting because I like coming at this from an outside perspective, and you know, I. I've gone apple picking and things before in my life, but actually being at a place where the variety is just so immense um, and like the market apples are different than the hard cider apples, although there is some overlap. 
Um, but that's also interesting, like which varieties fall into which categories. And I was asking Gary when I was making this list, I was like, Gary, how many varieties do you make? Like, is it fair to say you make, um, or you grow, I'm sorry, at least 50 varieties of apples? And he's like, yeah, but you know what? Not enough. <laughs> it's always just There's one more, more, right? I just want one more. <laughs> I'm like looking at this, and this is the fun part that we tried that gold rush, right? And I'm like, all right, so I don't know this black twig, and I don't know this, um, you know, Ashmead's kernel. I mean, these, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, what would. You guys get to play with this. This is fun. It is. But these are apples that we're not familiar with. And I think you creating this list and allowing people to say, there's so much more to just the apple, the red delicious and the golden delicious and what people are normally eating. This is such an impact on people's understanding. And I think that's part of where you're allowing the public to grow with you. That if you educate them about that, you're also bringing along that education point. A lot of what we do, no matter whether it's for the market or the cidery, is education. Um, and I think that's also one of Ellie's strengths. She's, she's an educator. She understands that first you have to start at how it happens, what we're doing. This is, you know, so all of what we do here is educating. And it doesn't matter the season. We are always educating people. Sometimes it's how to take care of your fruit. Sometimes it's how to take care of your ciders. But what you can drink it with. It's, it's really constant education. And that's okay. I love that. I, I think we need more of that. And you're, I, I, when I said, I mean, that's, your, that's where you're the caretaker of what's happening in the cider industry. Mm-hmm. You see a focal point of, hey, just try it. It's education. And we've talked, Dawn and I have talked about this experience, that when you get to sit down and go to the cidery, when you meet the people that are working every day to create what goes in the bottle, you take a bottle home or, you know, a case of bottles home and, you know, but when you take all that home, you have this connection. And, and the experience of being there and getting to see how everything plays. Yeah. And it becomes so much more enjoyable to share that bottle or even you sit down and we talk about, you know, Dawn and I'll talk about, you know, the experience we had at that location and it becomes even more special. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's important. All right, there's a barrel full of monkeys coming soon. <laughs> there can be a barrel full of monkeys coming soon. Now, this barrel full of monkeys, I mean, we look at the color, this deep, I mean, it's almost like a brown sugar, like a light brown sugar kind of a syrupy kind. Of, I'm expecting this to have more viscosity to it. Just by the look of it, I don't know. Amy, you're like, ah, we're going to find out now. We'll see what happens. Now, again, this is the barrel full of monkeys. You pretty much got everything in the whole place dumped into this one barrel. I would imagine that barrel imparts this wonderful color to it. Or does it, do the apples give it that color as well? Uh, the color is going to come from the cider syrup that we cooked down and right. put in. We used the fresh cider and cooked it down and made a syrup. Um, you know, if there's a way to make the project hard, we do it. So uh, that was one of the things we did. And um, wow. I mean, this is just a wonderful journey between great, greater, and even more greater. Can we do that? <laughs> great job. Works for me, more greater. Yeah, let's keep up in, you know. I wasn't expecting how light and there's this effervescence to this. this. There's a little bit there. I was expecting, again, by the look of this, to be more sweeter or more viscous, but you get a lot of those barrel notes. 
and the concentration of apple flavor, but then it all just sits and just comes together. One of the characteristics I think that I'm going to take away from just enjoying this experience is how much complexity and how much personality is left over just after you've swallowed the the, the, the cider. There's so much there to just enjoy. It's like, you know, drinking a, a fine bourbon or a brandy or something like that where you just – or a cognac where you just want to allow and just experience that. That's what you're doing with mm-hmm. your ciders. Yeah. You really Thank are. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad. I, I appreciate you picking that up. That's yeah. fun. I mean, is that – for Gary and you, is that – part of your personality that you want to have come through the cider. Yeah. He has a vision of, of bringing a lot more of that to the finish, helping people have more to appreciate. You can make a, a cider quickly. You can, and it's delicious, but it's, it's not going to have the complexity necessarily. So you ask, why do we leave them in the barrels for a year? Part of it is timing. We don't have time in the summer because we're growing all these crops. But also, by leaving it in that barrel, it allows it time to, to develop these flavors. And the apples want to do that anyway. That's what they want to do. So we're just giving them a time to do it. You've got a couple other ideas. Some, what are some of the other ideas that you have coming that people can expect? Just some of the creative lab ideas. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're trying to get... Because all of our sales right now, for the most part, come straight from this property. So we do do shipments of cider through Vino Shippers, um, but we don't really wholesale out to, you know, like liquor stores or restaurants at the moment. We're trying to maybe get our foot in the door with a few local places in that way. Um, and also experimenting with the idea of farmer's markets. Um, potentially, those are kind of things that are on the radar. Um, but then as far as things to draw more people into the cidery, just promoting more of our cider nights, uh, our weekends, come out, you know, sit on the farm, um, maybe try to have a few, a few things that are, that are fun on each of those days or evenings. Um, but yeah, we're always thinking of ways for outreach to promote, but without getting away from the, the feeling and the mission that that I think Gary and Amy really want their farm to have. Because um, I don't think you guys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't want to get like huge, right? Yeah, like, we, we can't do it. You know, not a huge brand cider, but, um, you know. A it's st- a small estate cidery. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That you concentrate on the flavor, the character, the personality of the cider. Would you like to have Manoff Market Cidery as a household name? Yes. Are you going to mass produce for every American and, and, and European and, you know, world, world domination is not where you'd like to be. But when you place yourself in the cider world, you want to be recognized as an excellent, wonderful flavored drinking cider, right? I think at the end of the day. Exactly. We really want to be up there with, there's some great cideries and we would love to be in there. In In the conversation. In the conversation. I think you've already, you've already in the conversation. I think it's just a matter of, look, like I said, you know, I've lived in Pennsylvania since 1989. We've been coming to the New Hope area, Doylestown and all this. This is, if we had not seen you at CiderCon, I would not have met you. We would have just... But here's what I would say. If you're going to New Hope or in the Lambertville, New Hope, Doylestown area, stop here. 
grab you've got this you got jellies you were telling me you make ketchup and tomato sauce <laughs> peanut butter you've got peanut you got the, you have the, a lot of things apples. you can take with you isn't yeah it's this is like a so stop here first or you know do your thing down there or over there and then come here and enjoy the rest of the day when so, so you have limited releases do you do, so talk about some of the limited releases or what people can look forward to with some of the new ones coming out shortly um uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be um, bottling up some uh, hop cider. I think we have a pink lady coming, and we're working with Dad's Hat. Um, we actually spent a day distilling at Dad's Hat, and uh, that was wild and exciting, watching the whole process. And we brought back some of that cider brandy, and I don't know how much... Were you part of putting that in the barrel? Were you involved in the I was not involved in putting it in the barrel, but I'm very excited... <laughs> Too. I've had it. I've had a sneak taste of um, where the Pomo is at at this point. <laughs> okay. It's going to age a little bit longer, um, but it's very exciting because it's going to be a spirit that's not a cider, but still like adjacent to cider, um, and definitely something we could use in cocktails and uh, you know other specialty drinks. But um, yeah, I never heard of Pomo before until that experience. So. So and yeah, this is the beauty of where you get more complex, you get more character, you get to do a lot of different things with an apple. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do people find you? You can Google us. Google. Google. Manoff Market Cidery. Yeah. Right? It comes up. We're the only cidery in Bucks County. So if you're anywhere in Bucks County and Google Cidery, we come up. So that's helpful. <laughs> And social media, how do people find you on the socials? Manoff Market. Okay. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We just started TikTok. We're on TikTok. I think we've got... Manoff. Cider Manoff. You can find us on Google Manoff Market on TikTok. That's Ellie's as of... I don't know. Three TikToks as of as of today. Nice. So we're just... We're It's a whole new world. But yeah, no, I think, you know, a lot of times too, just word of mouth is how people find out about us, which is fun. You know, like, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yeah. Make sure you come here. And are there certain hours to people expect that you're open during the season? Well, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, I actually, Ellie's in the cidery behind the bar ready to help you out. Okay. The rest of the week, we can help you with the bottle, put you outside in the sunshine under an umbrella, um, and let you enjoy it out there. But uh, having Ellie's personal attention is Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to find Ellie here, <laughs> except on those off chances where you get some time off, right? <laughs> I am actually going on vacation this week, so nice. you will not find me here. Well, she's this also Thursday. doing PA Cider Fest. But, so. uh, yeah, in Gettysburg, they're having the uh, PA Cideries are gathering for kind of a, a small cider fest. So this will be our out. little plug on PA Cider Fest. Yes. What, do you know the dates of that? It's June uh, 11th. It's four hours on that one Saturday. I think it's in the outlet shops at Gettysburg. Okay. And um, there's a, a decent amount of cideries yeah. that have that have signed up as of now. So um, you can sign up online and get your tickets. All yeah. right. Make your plans now. Look, this has been a treat for Dawn and I and getting to know you. We met at CiderCon and just tried your cider. And again, I, I don't want to belabor it and like go, this is near us. This is so close. It's an hour away and we've never heard of you guys. More people need to hear about Manoff Market Cidery because you. when you come here, you're going to become raving fans of your cider as we have. And thanks for becoming friends of Fermented Adventure. We look forward to the limited releases, the standard releases, all these new things that Gary 
we enjoyed having them close to the podcast somewhere. But uh, out in the orchard, out in the orchard. Thanks so much. This has Thank been awesome. This has exceeded my ex- expectations. I couldn't believe we got the tour of the orchard. This has been great. Thank you so much.